Hi, it's Hoa. I'm back again. I have something really important to talk about. It's a subject we rarely discuss because it can make us feel uncomfortable. Sexual harassment at the workplace. You know, and I'm like, why does this person keep pressing up against me? And I realize that you have all this fucking space here, and I stick his penis out. And Harvey, blessed Harvey Weinstein, whose tattoo I still have on my bum. should stay off the gold standard so that the pound can reach a level that will keep our exports competitive. The lady has foolishly attempted to join the conversation with a wild and dangerous opinion of her own. Who lives in the east beneath the willow tree? Sexual harassment. Sexual harassment to you and me. Sexual harassment. Panda, don't say that, don't touch there, don't be nasty, says the silly bear. He's gonna tell you what's right and wrong, sexual harassment, panda. Hi, and welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Like many people in California, Matt has risen to the occasion in support of the firefighters on the front lines of wildfires. Some volunteers have brought potable water or food, others basic restocking and refueling supplies. As for Matt, let's just say the men of Ladder Truck 27 missed their wives a little bit less this morning than the evening before. Matt, you're always big on supporting our local uh, first responders. I almost got in a, a fight one time. I met this firefighter, super nice guy, and I go... Uh, What's the deal with those really kind of faggy calendars that you guys do? <laughs> yes. And he was like Mr. December or something. <laughs> he got really offended. Uh, firefighters are hot. Matt, you would get a lot more tail if you were a firefighter. As firefighters a, are cool, man. They, as opposed they to like, a, an arsonist. There was a fire uh, at the building across the street from me, like 10-foot flames. They were there within three minutes. Had their their game plan down. Those guys are fucking cool. They're they're cops, but not uh, total fucking douchebags that were losers in high school. They're cops, but instead of shooting people, they save cats and children. Yeah. Oh my god, you get so much tail. This week's show is sponsored by Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I saw that movie two nights ago, and I'm pretty sure it's still going on. <laughs> Blade Runner twenty forty nine because great art can never be too long or too slow or too boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fuck, I saw that movie, and I was like, it was three hours as it was. It seemed like it was nine hours. And people always say, they always respond, oh, it's art, it's art. You don't, you know, I'm like, fuck, why does art have to be so fucking boring? It was, it would have been a nice, tight 90-minute movie. It was like three hours. Just- it's so obvious now what Rotten says. So every, every sort of off weekend, there's like one movie that the critics just go fucking batshit crazy for. Um, like, all I could hear about was how great Blade Runner is, and, and, uh, you know, because the that and uh, what's the other one, Flickster, and uh, uh, th- those are both owned by the studios. They're just yeah, divided the studios, up yes. by the studio. So it just happens to be that every weekend there's just one fucking movie that no one can shut up about, and, and no one will care about in two weeks from now. Also, by the way, Ryan Gosling and Jared Leto is too much hot men for one movie. <laughs> it's just like, come on. I do mean, they it, even know their fan base? No, I don't <laughs> think they do. And Harrison Ford it le- it le- could not act as of five years ago. He was just too old. He really can literally not move in the movie anymore. It's just kind of it's kind of sad. He doesn't even do a good Harrison Ford anymore. It's pathetic. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook also at Last Man Podcast. All right, Matt, we have a special guest today. Nice. 
Jared Zavistovsky. Look at you. You got yes, it. Right? Nailed it. How about that? I come from an Eastern European background. I know those names. There we go. Uh, Jared, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you're going to shape the future of mankind? Uh, and womankind. Okay? And womankind. And womankind, okay? Don't shave, don't shave hands on. You'll get arrested. I'm, I'm criticizing those bitches, too. Um, no, you know what? I, so I started out as a life coach, and then um, I, I moved into to, I was I was helping people through their like issues if they had dealt with like serious trauma, and then I moved into day coaching. It was just kind of like everything kind of fell into place. There's a, there's a whole story behind that. Um, and then uh, you know I did coaching for men for a while, but you know and I still I still do coaching for men. But I, I was always you know it was always women who were like, oh my god, can you teach the guys? Can you do this? Can you do this? And then I had a lot of girls asking me for advice as well, and they were like, you know, like. You know, do you coach women? Do you coach women? And that, that caused me to start thinking about what I could do for them. So I spent about two years just doing men on LA Talk Radio and various other platforms. And then uh, when I switched to video, I kind of came out the gate with a lot of the information directed at women. Some of it, you know, go back to um, some of it does go back to, to men because the women feel they're like, oh my god, why are you just picking on us? Would you stop it? Okay, I don't like criticism. So I, I do have to, like, just put the men in there to make it fair a little bit. But they don't know that I've already spent, like, three years just, like, right. blasting men for all the stupid shit they do. Um, will, you, I, will you help Matt after the show? Matt needs a lot of help. <laughs> How do you get that gig of uh, life coach? You go to school for that? No, no. Um, so I was, uh, I had a really rough childhood growing up. And um, I was one of the first documented cases of bipolar in kids in the country. When I got it, they didn't think kids could get it. I had a, I had a form of it that was so extreme that I was institutionalized like four times. And I, I had, I mean, anything that you can name, anything you could think of happened to me. Like literally the day I published my book, a guy came over and shot himself in the head in front of me. Like I, my life story is just, it's just trauma after trauma after trauma after trauma. So it wasn't like I was like, oh, I can help you. It was like I would end up being somewhere and somebody would be having a mental breakdown and I'd be like, hey, I can, I've been there. Like, I've been exactly where you are right now. Let me, let me like, I, I'm just, I'm just going to put some things out there and maybe you take it, maybe you don't. Right. And people were like, holy shit, you changed my life. And that was the weird thing is like a lot of times I would do it in kind of passing and I kept running into people that needed like help and I would be like, Hey, like, you know, um, maybe I could, you know, just tell you something and I get a text, you know, and I, I would forget about it. And then the next day somebody would text me from an unknown number and they'd be like, oh my God, you changed my life. Da, 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 da. And they would keep texting me. And it, this, this pattern happened over and over and over to where people were like, you're really good at giving advice. Jesus. So that was like I, I will was, say I will say this, Jared. No one has ever told me that in my entire life. <laughs> what? That I'm good at giving advice. <laughs> no one texts me for advice, and if they do, they never text back. Matt, you seem like uh, you, see, you seem like you're not getting texts at three in the morning. People looking for life advice. I give unsolicited advice. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You usually get punched in the face. <laughs> you get the advice people don't want to hear, but it's because they really don't need it. So you you give advice to people that are. Uh, but you're not like a licensed. Uh, well, there uh, psychologists no. aren't licensed, right? Psychologists are. Um, yeah. So you, I mean, life coaching is re- is relatively unregulated. It was um, the term was invented by Tony Robbins. Um, it, you know, and what it is is uh, there are all sorts of different coaches. It's really about the results that you get. Um, a lot of uh, therapists and psychologists are restricted by certain. Like there are laws that they can and can't, and then there's there's also the bureaucracy of their industry, um, and life coaches 
you know, if 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 therapy worked, if um, if if a lot of those industries worked for everyone, like if it was just you know, hey, you go to a therapist, they're gonna fix you, then people like Tony Robbins wouldn't have come through and just cleaned house, right? Like there's something that he was doing that nobody else was doing that really worked for people. And what he did was he, he kind of objectively studied a lot of psychology and a lot of the stuff that was available out there. But he created his own system that kind of merged all of that stuff with other stuff that wasn't necessarily going to be taught in a psychology class or in, uh, you know. He just um, boiled it down to a few platitudes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a f- it, it's So basically Tony Robbins works, works off of... Um, Oh God, I, I, the guy's name is escaping me, but this guy created a, uh, a hierarchy of needs. Uh, Pavlov's hierarchy of oh, needs? Maslow. Maslow. Maslow's yes. hierarchy of needs. I know him. So, I, never got, I never got above the base. So Tony basically took that and he adapted that into the six human needs. Um, and I've found that to be incredibly accurate. Everything that I've ever, anyone that I've ever coached, it's always boiled down to one of those six human needs. If you can find out which need they're lacking or which, which couple needs they're lacking, you can then go, hey, this is the problem in your life. This is what's causing all of the pain and the trauma. And um, it's, it's relatively simple. You know, it's the, it's the need to grow, the need to give, the need for significance, um, the need for love and connection, the need for variety, and the need for stability. And all these things have to be working in your life, firing on all cylinders for you to get where you're going. If you think of it, you think of it like a V6 engine, right? If one of the cylinders isn't working, the car well, is not going to drive. Let me ask you then, Jared, since we're going to talk about Harvey Weinstein today, how would you diagnose him from afar? <laughs> is he missing all six? What's he miss? What's he missing there? I was gonna, I was gonna say sex, but obviously it's just not sex. Um, I think it, it, in any any position of power, the tendency to abuse it is prevalent, and um, you know, I think that a, a lot of the media is giving him a pass because of the fact that he is a huge, huge, huge player in the media. If people are wondering why, why aren't the movie stars attacking Harvey Weinstein? Like really, you, yeah. you're going to attack the guy that can basically shape the outcome of your career? Well, they are. They are now that he's falling. They're all coming out now. It's like a it, little bit, a little yeah, bit. It's happening. But but I mean, when it when it comes down to it, like the, the people online, the people on Twitter, the people that are attacking, they attack easy targets. Who is this misogynistic asshole? I know that I'm right because he said something that's so unpopular that we can all gang rape his ass. Okay, we can just get in there. We can gang rape it. Um, I, I find women don't it, talk that way. Yeah, they do. Like they, a gang rape. A gang rape. They think that way. <laughs> I wish they'd target me. Um, but like, I've been doxxed. I've, I've had I've had women um, where, where I, I posted one video that was uh, you know was very very like I, I told women that the reason that the guys don't hit on them is because they basically have made it very very a very very scary place for men to tread. Right. And the, and I'm like the reason that hot guys, the, the good-looking guys, or the well-groomed guys don't hit on you is because they listen to you and they when you said you didn't want to be hit on all the time. And the other guys are thinking, "Well, shit, I I, I probably don't want to upset this woman, but if I don't do this right now, I'm not going to have the opportunity later." That uh, uh, that uh makes total sense to me. I think Weinstein is I think the ladies are coming again Weinstein, but I do like what you said. I, I always believe on social media like 10,000 women will gang up on a guy. And when women say there's a tro- their trolls are out to get on the guys, it's always one guy. Yeah, yeah it's always so. like one dude from his basement who's writing stuff about like Brie Larson or Gwyneth Paltrow or something like that. But if it's a guy who's being attacked, it's always like ten thousand women. Yeah, yeah. So they, they so I guess that is a gang rape. Of, that is a gang rape of sorts. They found that their power is in numbers. They found that they can always default to a moral high ground, and they always gang up on you. It's never just one. 
it's never just one woman who's like, oh my god, I don't agree with that, right? Like it's uh, th- then they'll go get their friends and they'll all start and and this happened to me. Like I I had my I had reviews up on my um on my uh, when I started publishing videos, I still had my review section up and I got. I, I must have got two or three good reviews every day, right? People were like, oh, my God, you're, you're so – this is awesome. This is awesome. And then the second I posted that, that one video that didn't agree with uh, the – You get tons of negative feedback. Dude, I got 15 bad reviews in one day. <laughs> All the same same girls, same same opinions, same follower group, everything. So you're saying you basically back Harvey Weinstein. No, not at all. <laughs> No. Here's what, I don't know if you guys had a chance to see. So Harvey Weinstein wrote a letter, it turns out. It was released uh, yesterday. He wrote a letter to all the Hollywood bigwigs before he got fired from his own company. And by the way, here's a little bit of advice for the guys. If you're going to be like dealing in some heavy sexual harassment and bad shit, don't name your company after yourself. Because when you get fired from your own company, you just look fucking horrible. It's just a bad idea. Like, go with some anonymous. Go with some anonymous name. Well, now they're going to change the name of the company, right? Well, no, his brother's taking over, so did he's he, still a Weinstein. Did he get fired? Yeah, he got fired. The board fired him yesterday. His own brother. And now his brother's got to spend his rest of his life going, no, that's my brother you're talking about. No, yeah, that's, yeah. My, bro- that's my brother did that. No, I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't come in the potted plant next to the reporter. But that wasn't <laughs> they're definitely going to have to change the plants in the office now. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, so the letter he wrote, he wrote, here's the thing. He wrote a letter to uh, like 30 big Hollywood VIP studio heads. All these people said, look, I did all this shit for you basically for all these years. I need you to cut, get my back now, write to my own board and say don't fire me. This is before the, the day before he was fired. And silence, right? Crickets. No, it was a really <laughs> pathetic... It was, at first I read it, I thought, this is the most fucking pathetic letter I've seen. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. These guys have all covered for each other for fucking 30 years. They've all made each other billions of dollars. Why wouldn't you write a letter like that and expect some loyalty? If it was a mob, they would all cover each, they would yeah. all cover each other's back. But now, like, because everyone's worried it's public, one, one uh, studio chief wrote back, no fucking way. Another guy wrote, like, I wouldn't help you because you're a creep. What was he asking for specifically? He was asking for them to write letters to his own board to say, don't fire Harvey. You know, Jeffrey Katzenberg, other guys, like, big, big, the, big, the top names in Hollywood. And they, of course, now worry that it's all going to be outed somewhere, so they couldn't support him anyhow. They're fleeing from him like a, a rats from a sinking ship. And I'm yeah. wondering, these guys are all partners for 30 years. It shows you what, what real loyalty is, what real friendship is. Or it can also show you that maybe these people really, really did know about all of the shit that was going on. And maybe there's a lot more to the story that pe- they know about. And they're thinking, well, cut your losses, bro. Like, we know what you did. It could, it could be either or. But I, th- I think they, I think they, they all knew. They all knew. I mean, it was, it was like, how could these guys not know? I mean, if you work with a guy for thirty years, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know he's up to something. You might not know the specifics, but you know, you don't want to leave your uh, girl alone with. I him. would say that they probably know more than than is the media is is reporting, and 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 like, it could very very easily be that they're like, shit, bro, you got lucky. Right, yeah. you remember you remember Cindy? You remember Cindy? Yeah. Okay, more so, shit coming out. <laughs> yeah. So well, I, it's funny, Matt, you said like they wouldn't leave their daughters with them because uh, Barack Obama did. <laughs> he, he gave his daughter an internship at the Weinstein Company last summer. Mm. So and I assume he has Secret Service checking investigating shit. So he must know. So I'm not sure how much people actually knew or they just I mean there was a, a story now the Times, the New York Times squelched an article back in two thousand and four that was about Harvey Weinstein and, and, and the ladies. And it, it turns out he was one of the big, uh, Miramax was one of the big advertisers with the Times. And he threatened to pull the advertising. And he also, by the way, was paying reporters for freelance work for him. Like, he would option scripts from them mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to make movies for you. And they would never write shit, bad shit about him. These are reporters at the Times. 
So he was covering this shit up for a while. Wow. Yeah, Matt Damon uh, tried to, and I believe succeeded. Damon and his partner succeeded in in uh, you know crushing a story in the New York Times. Uh, they somehow leveraged uh, getting him out of that. Uh, you know, part of the problem with this is if some dude is going to like jerk off in front of you. If it's like Ted Danson, you're like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no biggie. Why had you pick Ted Danson as your hot guy? He's he's handsome. He's very handsome uh, and charming. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I want him to. Jerk I did Clooney. Off in front I did Clooney as my Clooney is my go-to. I'm a straight guy talking about how good-looking other men are. Clooney jerking off in the kitchen. Yeah, I, I might linger for yeah. you know a few minutes, but. I mean, Weinstein is just—he personifies a fucking dis- a pig. Like he's—he's yes. he's just slob and and unkempt, and he's—he's he's just fucking disgusting, right? Like that's—that's got to hurt a little. It's bit also, more. It's also with Weinstein. It's also implied from the beginning he's doing this because you want a job. Mm-hmm. Like there's a power their power thing right away. Yeah. Like not like I think you might be interested in me. Like you're not Clooney going like I wonder if this model or DiCaprio going. Hey, Victoria's Secret model, you're probably interested in me. He knows from the very get go these girls aren't interested in him, and he's still taking them down to like the the the, the second the, you know the basement to uh, pull out his dick. Well, and let's masturbate. go through the Weinstein IMDb page and and let's look at certain actresses who may be in certain movies who maybe weren't the best choice for that movie, who may have blown <laughs> Harvey Weinstein in exchange for getting that part because I'm sure there's a lot of them. And you know this isn't victim blaming or to excuse what he was doing. You know he was he was manipulating people and using his his uh, power for sort of nefarious purposes. But you don't go up to a fucking gross guy's room knowing his reputation and and not think that he's going to try and do something. I mean, give me a break with this naive fucking angle. It's it's ridiculous. Well, women and women have, you know, had to endure and sleep with nasty men for a long time. I think that it's actually I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a it's a horrible thing that, that he's doing that, but man, I would fucking if if you were like, "Hey, I'll offer you the lead role in Thor if you blow Harvey Weinstein." I'd be like, "Fuck it." Like I would do it. Like, I would definitely watch him jerk like, off into a, a ficus plant. It's not a bad trade when you really think about it. It's like if if it were locked in contract, if it wasn't some greasy guy trying to take advantage of a girl and she may or may not get. But if it was like, hey, if you have sex with this nasty guy, you might get somewhere, yeah. or, or not, you might. You would definitely well, get this awesome part that would totally shape your career. I know hundreds of girls that would do it. I know, like, like I know like, hundred guys who I know hundred guys who would do it. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, seriously, it's not. I mean, it's it's mostly women on the casting couch because men, men have mostly been straight. But there's also many stories about young men who have been taken advantage of as well. Keanu yeah. Reeves, Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're a bon- I mean, and, and the boy, let alone the boy, the Corey Haim and all the, the young boys who get you know molested. Basically, Corey Feldman too. Corey right? Feldman. Yeah, the Corey. So it's not like it is most. It is a majority of women probably, but it's also the, the shit men have. Young male actors have to endure, or even. Young male employees at these companies, they go through. I mean, if you're a young guy working at Harvey Weinstein's company, you're still going through a lot of shit. Yeah, you're not. You're not. You don't have to watch his. You don't have to see his dick probably, but he's still screaming your ear like every day of the year, degrading and humiliating. Well, there's a director right now that the major studios, you know, are greenlighting the guy's films, and his his name has escaped me. He directed Powder, um, and he's a, a bona fide, documented, convicted child molester, and no one cares yeah, yeah. Uh, so i guess the no one cares about the kids you know the actresses are sacred ground but uh you know go ahead and fuck a bunch of kids and, and have kids on set with the dude that's a fucking child molester well it's because right now in the signs of the times the po- the popular issue is women's rights and feminism and i, I mean really that's the signs of the times are, are anyone that can be con- considered a victim 
right? Yeah. Yes. So they'll just shift. And what the, what these minority groups have done, minority groups meaning like feminism, uh, as well as uh, you know some of the other actual racially minority groups, but any sort of victim group that can that can now be assembled, they've assembled and, and they attach each other, attach to each other, and they attack a certain issue when it when it deems when it, when it seems to be important, right? The craziest, so, uh, the craziest thing uh, we always talk about on the show is that women are by far the largest minority group in the country because they're actually a majority of the population. Right. <laughs> There's actually more women than men. So they get away with, like, you know, the, 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 the benefit. There's obviously downsides to being women in society. But one of the upsides is that you're actually a majority, but you get to claim minority status, not just theoretically, legally speaking as well. You're treated mm-hmm. as a minority. So you can bring, like, we've talked about this before, you can bring harassment, sexual harassment cases at the office where it's impossible for a man to do that, essentially, because you're not in a protected class. So there's no way a man can come forward with that kind of stuff where women get protection. So if a male actor was be- being asked to blow somebody, he's fucked. I mean, <laughs> there's, no, there's no outrage. There's no national story about it. There's no outrage. There's no you know, boycotting of whatever studio because of that. It's only for women now. You're right. It is very, it is very uh, female issues. We talked about with Beth last week, if every woman, she's a fitness person, and like every single woman online can claim body shaming, and even like perfect, like 100% fit women, like gym rats, mm-hmm. will go on Twitter and say they're being body shamed. And if you can be body shamed when you're like working out six hours a day and you have a perfect body, then any woman can claim body shaming. People should, people should be happy when they get criticism. We live in a, a snow, we, 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 we legitimately have gone to a place where everyone is expected to be socially aware of what our feelings are and make, say and, and, and make statements that are aware of the fact that it could hurt our feelings or it could damage us or it could make us feel bad and it's like what happened to being fucking honest like the truth hurts right that's that's an old saying but the truth will set you free it's the truth is something that people just skirt around 24 7 because they're worried about being offensive they're worried about saying something in the wrong way it's going to hurt somebody's feelings it's like no like self-development does not come by protecting people's feelings if you want, if uh, constructive criticism is one of the most fundamentally valuable things that you can have in your life, and all of a sudden it's like, well, that no, that no, no criticism, only positive reinforcement. When we wonder why our society has turned into a bunch of fucking retards, we are retards. And I, I actually, I, I believe women when they're criticized, one or two reactions happens: one, they they cower, they they really cower, yeah. or they become stronger. And I have a feeling like the women who rise like in companies, other places, are the ones who become stronger because they all face the same criticism and subjugation and harassment and dick jokes and everything else. And instead of letting that take them down, that made them stronger, right? So the positive reinforcement culture that we live in is actually a feminine I- ideal, right? The reason is, is that biologically, like it's kind of hardwired, that men function through criticism and women function through positive reinforcement and support. If you get a bunch of women together and you want them to thrive, you give them positive reinforcement, positive encouragement, and you and that's and and that's how they'll actually grow. Whereas men function through criticism, like the military, put a bunch of guys in a group, tell them they're stupid, tell them they're wrong, tell them they're never going to be good enough to do anything, and watch a, a group of excellent men. The military is actually phasing that out. They found it doesn't really work. The putting down guys. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why. That's why I'm raising it, my children. Works, I hope it works. It worked all the way up until what? Like, oh, all of a sudden, PC happens to start, you know, filtering through our society, and now it's wrong. Well, from my experience, some dude's yelling at me, calling me a fucker. Like, uh, 
Why don't you go fuck yourself, dude? But that's just me. I don't but you're know. not. But you're not. You're not military material, Matt. That's true. You're the opposite of military material. <laughs> you're, the, see, you're the consummate. Lo- you're the consummate loner. But see, but see here. But you're you're actually you're actually on the on the point. It's like if a guy's yelling at you, you say fuck you, right? And you're going to stand up to that. So what it does is it breeds a, it's iron sharpens iron. So it's a form of excellence, and I know it doesn't feel good, but that's what it does, right? Somebody somebody punches you, you punch it back. That's how men bond. Your your friends, you you just insult each other and yeah. say really mean things to each other, and that's like, you know, that's that's a bonding experience for guys, right? So this has been studied. Like this this isn't this isn't like this is this is a real this is a fact. That's it's how men relate. Like exactly what you're saying. So when it comes to um, you know like, like when it comes to criticism, it's it's actually how men function. It's how we excel. Iron sharpens iron. When it comes to women, if you criticize women, they they a lot of times, or if you say things or you call them names, um, they either completely wilt like a flower, like yeah. like like you put a flower in the sun, it just they just they're just like I can't do this, I have to leave, right? Or they go fuck you. But not in the same way that it's like, fuck you, I'm going to win against this statement. Like, men have the ability to kind of, like, separate uh, somebody saying something from the person itself. And then they're like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack your job. I'm going to attack your place of work. I'm going to make sure that you... I'm going to ruin your life because you made me feel bad. And it's it, where, where you see this with a lot of the women on Twitter or anything. Like, if you criticize, or even some of the stuff that I've said... Women are like, oh my god, how dare you criticize me? You're a misogynist. I'm going to label you. I'm going to take your entire. I'm going to try and attack your work. I'm going to make sure that you don't get yeah. it you, right. All because you said, hey, the reason that you might have a boy might not have a boyfriend is because you might have a shitty personality. And they, <gasps> what? What? Well, that is somewhat offensive. I'm always worried if I offend women, they're going to poison me. <laughs> that's my biggest fear in life. Don't put it in their head, man. Well, that's like if you offend a guy, he like looks at you, wants to throw a punch at you. It's kind of easy to handle. It, well, the women are like, oh, okay, and then like you know they poison you, and you don't have no idea what's going on. That's what scares me. It's like they're not going to like let you know they're trying to kill you. We should just take that part out of this interview because I don't want to give them any ideas. <laughs> but they do. Women like women. Men always like vi- react violently and very obviously. Men always react in the most obvious fashion. Mm-hmm. You can predict how a guy is going to react. Like if you go, out, if you can see even little stupid bar fights. You can see when a guy chests up another guy how they're going to react. Whereas women are much more intelligent about their response. They actually think through, and then they just they do know. cryptic shit too. They think they think about like several steps ahead. Well, the, the thing is, women don't have a violent option. Women have never had a violent option, so the default for them is always going to be calculate calculating. They're always going to hold in their emotions. They're always going to sit there and think about it because they're they're never going to be able. To, they, women cannot attack things head on unless I mean other women, but they're, they're not even wired that way to begin with, right? Men are like, oh my god, it offended me. Destroy it. Right, yeah. women are like, "Oh my God, it offended me." Defame it. Yeah, because I don't think men care if they're kicked out of the group. Like men, literally, like the, for a woman, the worst thing in the world is to be kicked out of the group is to be like ostracized. Oh yeah. Whereas men are like, if they like, you know, do something bad and everyone's like, "Oh, go away," they're like, "Okay, that's <laughs> like a go All away right. by yourself." All right, Fuck sounds you good too. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good to me. But on a larger scale, actually, that is a. Um, it, I, I was I was just reading something about that and how uh, the ostracization of the group is such a uh, it, it's such a powerful tool yeah. that social shaming is actually in in our old society social shaming would end your life right if yeah. you were if you were shamed out of a small civil small society you could your life would go from being moderately safe to incredibly dangerous overnight so it, we've used that evolutionarily 
to create uh, a more functioning society. If you do things that work well for the society, we like you. If you do things that don't work well for the society, we hate you. But now we've reached a place where we're, we've, we've, we've done it. We've created a society where, where things are going very, very well, right? So from there, all we're doing is kind of, it's almost cancerous, right? We're, we're now, we're mutating past our, our life cycle of things that need to fix. And we're just fixing things on such a micromanaging level that it's like, oh my God, okay, and you're, you're creating issues where they don't exist so that you can fix them because, and it's, it's, society's almost eating itself. Well, I agree. I mean, I, I, we always, whenever we talk, have female guests, the few times we have that will come in here. Uh, by the way, Jared, I thought you were really good with advice at the beginning when you said Matt and I are unprofessional. That was the most spot on thing. I, that was the most spot on thing I've ever heard. Uh, but I always ask women, like, what is it you're still fighting for in terms of you know? They always say equality and gender equality and this, that, and the other. And when you ask them specifically what they want, because I mean, yeah, 50 years ago it was hard for women in the workplace and other places like that. But women have made so much progress and they have so much protection and so much advantage right now that like, what are you actually fighting for? So I think you're right in the sense they make up. Shit to be angry They'll about. They'll never admit how good they have it either. No. Yeah, never. No, and it's like, okay, yeah, you do. Yeah, if you want to be an actress in a movie, which is point zero 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 one percent of the female population, you gotta you gotta watch Harvey Weinstein. You know, tug one out. But for most, that's not the, that, that's a very exception case. That's not the rule to anything. So most women have more protection, Holly. And then, by the way, if you then talk about it online, you have a hundred thousand people backing you right away. Yeah, you have fifty important people backing you right away. So yeah, I always ask like specifically, what is it you really? What is it you don't have that you want? And there's always one times they'll say gender pay gap or something like that, but there really is very little left, you know, on the table. If you're a strong woman, if you're a woman who's confident in herself, this is your world right now. I mean, this is, you own you own this place. Yeah, and it's like you know, especially when women are at the top of an industry, and they're like, "Oh my god, I had to fight to get here, and it was so hard." And you have no idea what it takes to be a woman to get yeah. this kind of respect. And it's like, yeah, same thing goes for men. Like, yeah. like at, at, in those industries, being at the top of those industries, you have to live a life that is sadistic. Yeah. Because, or I'm sorry, masochistic. Because you you're spending your entire life and you're living and breathing and eating this stuff and women tend to, to value work-life balance more than men whereas men will just just they'll devote their, they won't even live a life they'll just sit there and work 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 um and then they die and then they yeah, die I think that, that argument you don't know what it's like to be a woman i i suppose that's true but you don't know what it's like so people want to fuck you okay i got that you don't know what it's like to be a dude where every other dude at the bar is talking shit to you uh, and, and uh, you know, trying whatever they can to cut you down and cut you out of their share of the action. You know, like, I don't know which is harder, but the argument is stupid. I would, I would say that being a guy and being a girl are probably about equal, right? Well, they would have to be equal. Different it's the natural state of yeah, everything. It's the natural state. All right, let's talk about, we got an email. I want to talk about something that's uh, traditionally male, but now also female football. Uh, Jared, you a big football fan? I, I am a big football Who's fan. Who's your team? Who's your team? I stopped watching it this year. Did um, you? I, yeah, the New England Patriots oh, okay. are my team. I'm oh, the Kowskis. I'm, I'm from Maine. That's why you know the Kowskis. Uh, so Lawrence wants to know, wasn't Cam Newton, so Cam Newton got in trouble this week, wasn't Cam Newton busted for basically expressing a true sentiment? It is actually funny to hear women talk about football plays. So just to reset, uh, Cam Newton was at a press conference last week and a female reporter said, Asked him about the receivers' routes, the routes the receivers were running, and Newton kind of, and he seemed like a good enough guy. He kind of giggled and said, "Like it's funny to hear a woman talk about like routes." And I, everyone, of course, everyone slammed him as that's the biggest sexist comment ever. But like, 
Is it really? Because I thought it was kind of funny to hear a woman talk about football routes, too. She's obviously a sports reporter, so she knows the game. She's one of the few women who actually understands football. But still, instinctively, as a guy, it's funny to hear a woman talk about football. All guys, when they're sitting around watching football, if their girlfriends aren't in the room, and the sideline reporter with the luscious tits comes on and says something halfway idiotic, we all go, okay, this woman knows nothing about football, and and uh, she has no business being on the sideline, et cetera. And that's just true. Uh, he was being a dick. You know, I mean, she's a report. Like, I don't know what she does and doesn't Do you know. You think about he was being intentionally a dick or just that was his first, like, he honest was, response? No, he was being an asshole. You think so? Yeah. I, I took it as, like, he actually thought it was funny. Like, actually, he giggled. Like, like to have a woman actually, like, there's one, imagine there's a room full of 100 guys and, like, maybe one or two women. Yeah. And a woman actually asked him about a receiver's routes, which is a very inside football kind of thing. I mean, that's something that he's probably never had a woman ask him about his entire life through all these years of playing football since age seven. And then a woman asked him a question, they just kind of giggle. I mean, it's sexist in itself, but it is also, isn't that a very honest reaction? I, I thought that, I, I agree with, uh, what was your name again? Matt. Matt. I agree with Matt. Uh, I He was just oozing with sleazy douchebag. Really? He was so condescending and patronizing. And I, I mean, honestly, like if we were talking about, uh, if, if we were saying, if this wasn't even a woman, right? If this wasn't a woman and this was like one of the one of the PAs or something, he'd be like, people would be talking about how, how, how condescending and patronizing he was. Maybe not even on a victim level, just like, oh my God, did you see Cam Newton totally just like annihilate that guy? Like totally knock his dick in the dirt? Because it was really like, the way that he did it was like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. okay, uh, wow, you're talking about routes now. Like, like the level of douchery that is only exists in L.A. And I don't yeah. know, maybe that's maybe that's why you couldn't see it because you've been here for so long. I didn't pick up on it. I was like, I was, well, I was put, I put myself in this place. And maybe, I mean, look, he's a star MVP quarterback, making ten million a year, fifteen million a year. He's obviously in the elite category of guys who've gotten away with anything they want their whole lives. Although I don't think he's ever been in trouble. But he's not the guy who's been in trouble before. He's always been a relatively decent guy uh but i just thought like to me i felt like that was an honest reaction from a not from me but from a football player that would be like that'd be like a guy like you're sitting you know you're sitting there you're in a pitch room and you're like yo what's up i'm the producer and this and this chick walks in and she's like okay so you know we have the plot points right here and i you know i wasn't sure about scene one (laughs) it's so funny to hear women talking about scenes you really think yeah. it's the same? Though? Well, I would like well, Hollywood's more mixed. It's actually a gender mix. In football, in, the, in those press conferences, it's like ninety nine point nine percent guys. But there's very few. There are very few actual, uh, you know, football reporting women. Like they have the announcers of it. They actually, like from the legit press. I mean, I've actually like I. So I, I've I've been around women for a long long time like my mom my sister my sister was into football like completely independently of me like she was into football before i was into football and i've always kind of like gravitated towards very strong opinionated women but like obviously not like the, the man-eating women but just women who are like they'll sit down and they'll they'll go to a bar and they'll they'll, they'll drink a beer and watch football and they'll get into it right like it, and and whether they know about it or do they don't know about it it's just it like the interest level is there. And they did a study on this. They said that, you know, 42% of the people watching football are women. A lot of women go to, would go to football games or would, would watch football games because they want to connect with their men better. Sure. And they want to they be there. 
Um, that's how they spend time with them. So, have you ever heard a woman talk about receiver routes before? <laughs> like literally, or like <laughs> the play, or like the, the pull blocking, or like some like like well, an intricacy of the play. But I'm not. It's not putting the women down. I don't. I mean, there's a lot of good for her. Good for her for well, knowing yeah, well, her she's shit. A, she's a reporter. That's her right. job. But I just felt like Cam Newton was like kind of like just thrown back. That uh, thrown. You know, uh, Cam Newton is a douchebag. He was a douchebag before this started. Was he? Well, I don't know. Cam Newton, you're not. First of all, it's not that complicated, bro. Yeah. Uh, you know, football is a fairly simple game. Well, yes, Guys that's true. Smash into each other. So routes, okay. A guy runs over to the corner. A guy does a fly pass. A guy does a screen. It's it's he's act, acting like she couldn't conceive of the fucking complexity of this <laughs> thing. Business, it's a dude though. running down the field. Yeah, but to him, it's probably hard. The playbook's probably hard. So he's like, I spent you know a year, two years studying this, and like, how do you know this stuff too? I don't know. I guess they took it. Maybe they did take it the wrong way. I just thought he was like. I Honestly, was throwing. He was just like taken aback that a woman would talk about receiver routes. I would never underestimate the complexity of a game that men spend so much of their time. Like anything that that that, if you focus on it, becomes better and better and better, more refined and more. You know, it becomes more complicated yeah. and, and more strategic. And you know, you can see this in any industry that that men have sat there and focused on, and they're fighting about. So I would, you know, in, in football, I would say that it is, it, it probably is a little bit more complex than people think it is, in, 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 at least in, in the NFL, you know. What do you it, feel about fantasy football? Because I believe Matt's uh, fantasy football is largely latent homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> it's just guys who want to watch guys in tight, tight pants, don't really want to play the sport or have contact. Fantasy football, I think, to me is like the most, uh, I don't know what's going on there. It's some expression of maleness that is sort of, Overly, ma- overly male. I don't understand it. It's no. like you know, controlling. Uh, you know, like you're the president of a company. Or so. I think that's the fantasy a lot of guys have with this, uh, with this thing. Men, men like games. Men like statistics. Men like you know the like when when guys sit down, they they analytically and critically break things down. It's what they do, right? They do it to each other. They do yeah. it to their sports. They do it to everything. It's like okay, what this plus this equals this. Okay, well, what about this? What about this contingency? And they love seeing the completion of that. They love seeing whether or not it actually comes to pass. But so fantasy yeah. football is football with only two things removed. The athleticism and the contact. <laughs> so you've taken out the two masculine, the only two masculine aspects of the sport, and now you're down to like, where you might as well have all women be in your fantasy league. Well, <laughs> I think that's why, got, well, first of all, everyone knows that women, um, when they uh, claim to be football fans, oftentimes don't know anything about football, even compared to like your average football viewer. Uh, and I, I don't blame them, by the way. I think I love football, but it's because I was raised in football. Yeah. As, if, I, if I came to it as like an adult, I'm not sure I would love it as much because it is fairly stupid. Well, it's the same <laughs> thing with baseball, all right? Yeah. Like, like when I meet baseball fans, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I love baseball. But the thing is, is that they were raised into it, right? Yeah, they, my grandpa took me to games, so I love so it. They're, they they basically, secre- like you bond, you secrete a chemical reaction called oxytocin every time that you, you and your grandpa are around, you're bonding, you're bonding, you're bonding, you're going to bond to the game too, right? So then it becomes a special memory to you. But if you objectively took a person that was never, never saw baseball before in, in their life, and you put them in there and you said, hey, watch this game, they'd be like, what is happening right now? This is the most boring <laughs> game on earth why aren't they doing anything objectively it is a really fucking boring game yes. there's no doubt about it but you can drink a beer and like fall asleep for an hour and wake up and nothing's happened so that's kind of nice brian brian by the way is a baseball announcer so we don't want to get too much into yeah i do a little bit of announcing um so he knows I'm yeah no, he's playing actually, up the voice right now yeah, since even, you like, put me on the it's spot so, yes. it's so slow that between batters brian can actually clean his bong out reset it and take a big, <laughs> take a big thing and go at it again 
let me ask you. So speaking of how tough, uh, Jared, I know it's, you think it's uh, tough for women and for men equally, Matt, too. Brie Larson, she's the actress, uh, most recently in King Kong. She was in uh, Room, the movie Room she won an Oscar for. Uh, I, have a, I have a theory that when actors or actresses take roles on, they then believe they are that role, like forever. Like if a guy was a superhero or a pilot or whatever, they, also, they, they, they get asked a lot of questions about that by the press, like as if they were part of they were really that. So Brie Larson played a kidnapped victim who was sexually assaulted in Room, which for which she won the award. So for two and a half years, she, two years, she's promoting that. And they start asking her questions about sexual assault and all this stuff. And now she de facto becomes like a spokesperson for sexual assault, even though it may not be part of her personal history. Yeah. So was, she claims she went through T, uh, TSA at the airport and that she smiled at the TSA agent. I don't know who the fuck would do that. Uh, <laughs> that sounds weird to begin with. And then he asked her Then he asked her for her phone number, which also seems, by the way, very inappropriate, regardless of how much she smiles at you, if you're a law enforcement officer of some kind. Seems kind of made up, too, but I guess I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. So her, 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 her thing she went on Twitter to say was like, living, living as a woman is to live life on the defense. Oh, it's so hard. It is really hard. Uh, but I thought they're both wrong in that case. First of all, who smiles at a TSA agent? Uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I'm emotionless when I go through it. And second of all, why would a cop ask for a woman, a TSA agent of all people, ask for a woman's phone number after, like, putting her through the magnetometer? That's a little strange. He'd be fired immediately. Uh, uh, yeah. If you could, I mean, they do pat down your genitals, so there is some intimacy level there to be at least start stoked. What it, well, okay, so from a woman's perspective, they're, they're hit on every single day, all day long. They're, they're sexually aggressed um, without wanting it just 24-7. Like, to, to be a woman is to walk out the front door and have... And, and we, you, we as guys are thinking, oh, sweet. Like, that would be fucking awesome. Is if every day we walked out the door and we had women that wanted to, like, blow us. We'd be like, fuck yes. This is, this is the dream come true. Not a female Harvey Weinstein necessarily, but in general, yes. The general but, population. So that, and that's the thing is, like, there's a lot of really disgusting people. And then also, like, like a lot of guys have never been in this position. But I was actually a go-go dancer at a gay club. So I, I when I was younger... Can I say I find that hard to believe? <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger, I, 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 I saw all of these men, you know, I, I was interacting with men who were hitting on me 24-7. Really, like, going out of their way to be very, very sexually aggressive. And that's how I wrote my book, was because all of a sudden I was in my... I, I realized it was like this huge paradigm shift for me. That all of a sudden I, I knew what it was like to be a woman and be sexually aggressed and, and have, um, you know, uh, uh, men hitting on you 20... And it gets really old. Like, oh, I, I, I can imagine... I hear women say it all the time. I believe it. I, you know, the thing about it as a guy, you saw it as a, a, go-go da- a straight go-go dancer in a gay bar... But uh, and men don't experience it the same way. So when, when they see, even when they see it happen to women, mm-hmm. it doesn't make a big impression on them because they see a guy hit on a girl and they just I don't you, you if you went out with your buddies to a bar and a couple of them were hitting on girls, you wouldn't remember anything that was said. Yeah. Whereas women might remember that stuff. But isn't that also how the species carries on? I mean, isn't that how we have reproduction? So yeah, I mean, men are men are designed that way. It's it's literally how we have evolved. Um, to to further the survival of the species, it's a very very important uh, function. If men weren't like this, we would not exist. Yeah, right. So that's a, that's one thing to take into account. Well, Matt, like Matt says, like I mean, I know that because like all the new things about like sexual, like what is sexual assault? Now it's like if you don't get permission down to the final fucking entry point, 
Like everyone says, yes, yes, she's hot. It's up, but at the very end, like or even halfway through, she says, no, I don't want to, you know, stop. It's like that's that's considered rape, right? Yeah, but I mean, even in that that scenario, if if you're fucking a girl and she's like, no, get off me, I don't want to do this anymore. Get her, get the fuck off. Well, her. yeah, that's like, different. But I'm talking about like she just decides she doesn't, she's not into it, or like they, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer said in her book she had to have the rape case that she had sex for the first time in high school when she was 17, and now she recalls that the guy never asked her permission. And so now she's calling it, you know, she's calling it rape. And tech, legally speaking, she's correct. But like, isn't this? I, 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 all right. So is this where we all came? Is this where we all came from? Men have to be aggressive, right? To, it's also, it could be considered sexual harassment to say hello and introduce yourself to a woman at a bar, right? Or try to ki- try to kiss a woman on a date. I mean, that would could be considered assault in a way. Yeah, um, making a move, making a move on a girl, right? Yeah. So I mean, look, look, you, if you're in a really like. Most people don't care about this as much. I think that these a lot of these outlier cases are, are being blown out of proportion. I think that a lot of women are like, "Oh my God, stop! Why? Why are, why are we doing this?" I think it, it it is also good to kind of keep in mind that you know there are things that happen to women that are really kind of shitty that that wouldn't ordinarily happen to men. Men aren't put in that position, you know. Um, men have never had to deal with the the idea that they're having sex with somebody and all of a sudden they're like, "I don't want to be here." This is this is horrible or, or they realize that they made a mistake and they're drunk and well yeah I mean men do do actually deal with that quite I've a thought, bit I've thought about that before a couple, <laughs> couple, a couple times I thought but usually men wait till they're done then they think about that yeah but men men are men have been in control and in power in, in those situations for a long time so I get it but I do think that people are really kind of picking at nitpicking they're, go, they're going into the, the small very very um, outlier cases and they're blowing them up into this big thing. Well, I want to ask you, Jared, since you brought it up, uh, how did men hit on you at the club? What did they do? Like, how obvious were they? So some of them were, like, super polite and they'd be like, oh my god, like, you're super fantastic and they'd, like, walk up and they'd, like, you know, like, touch me and they'd be like, oh my god, you're beautiful. Which was nice, right? And I was like, oh, that's very sweet of you. And then some of them would be like, like, would just walk up behind you and stick their hand down your pants. And I'm like, the fuck? And my initial gut reaction to I've never been like I've never had anybody sexually assault me right in, in that way so for me like I'm turning around and I'm uncomfortable I kind of want to hit you but I, I but then I'm like oh fuck I'm working so what what actually goes that comes out of my mouth is oh my god that's so rude and I was like whoa I've never said oh my god that's so rude before that's something a chick would say yeah and then I suddenly realized what it was to be in that position and be sexually advanced on and how men are kind of like oh well you didn't say go fuck yourself so i'm not going to assume that i did anything wrong like like men are kind of always penalizing women for not reacting in the way that we would react in in that situation but it's a situation that we've never been in so a lot of men are like if it mattered why didn't you say something that would indicate that it mattered to me why would you say the really passive aggressive kind of half-assed version of the thing that would matter well that's why I was trying to get in the head of the woman the female reporter the TV reporter said that she was down with Harvey Weinstein as he was masturbating himself mm-hmm. and she said she basically just stood there like in shock and I was just thinking like yeah as a guy I'd be like Dude, what the fuck are you? What the fuck are you doing? What's your stuff grabbing? I mean, but she's just like waiting for it to be over, right? She's literally sitting there, like waiting for him to be done so she can leave. And he wasn't physically touching her at all, so she could have left. But she's sort of in that position of like, this is weird shit. It'll be over soon. I can get the fuck out well, of look, here. Look, context matters, and I refuse to believe that he. She just walked in her room and he was like whacking it. Right? They were probably doing coke. They were probably. You know, they they must they were probably drunk, right? There were probably a whole bunch of other things that were were had led up to that situation. Like I don't 
I don't know, but like when people say, oh my God, that person is crazy. They did a super crazy thing. I always, there's always a part of that story that they're not saying. That, because people don't just do random, super insane stuff like that. There's people always contact. People do like pull their dicks out on the bus all the time. A crazy people realize do. that, right? Yeah, yes. but like schizophrenic people. Yeah, not like necessarily no, there's, CEOs. There's people that, that get a uh, thrill out of oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, demeaning themselves. Like, this is a, a flasher type of behavior. Yeah, there are. I mean, there are even been. A, there was a guy in Britain like a couple weeks ago who got arrested. He was like a head of some company, big corporation, got arrested for going to the park with the overcoat on and grabbing himself. So there, I mean, there is that. Out there. Okay, I stand corrected. No, I mean there is, but that is like those are those are mentally ill people, obviously, yes. right? Those are not like that's not your typical guy. He's not. You don't see guy fifty guys with a parking overcoats. There's always one guy in the bushes somewhere, and it, it could be a poor guy, it could be a rich guy that knows no class, obviously. Yeah, I guess there is that. There is I that mean, once he could actually be like more than just an aggressive dude. He could actually be a sick guy. He could be a sick guy. I don't think it's the behavior of an aggressive dude because he never, as far as I know, by the way, and now he is being accused of rape, so maybe I should... Uh, he, never well, touched, uh, he never touched the women? As, as far as I have heard outside of this one case, it's more the door's open. You know, you're free to you're free to leave. I'm gonna sit here and and uh, fucking beat well, off. Well, also he asked the women to like watch him take a shower. Like, I, it's the same never, type of thing. It's never not, crossed my mind. Like it's not necessarily want... coercive. It's like, and and then he's like, you know, he wants massages and shit. I don't know. It feels like he's offering it up. No one's really taking the bait, but you know, it doesn't seem. It's not. It's not sex though. He's not having sex with the women. He's just like. Like Getting it's really off. creepy and weird. Yes. I don't want to sound, you know, don't get me wrong on this, but it doesn't sound like like violent sexual aggression to me. It's a it's con, right. it's con, like Cosby. So Cosby would invite women to his place. They'd come willingly because he actually, like you mentioned, Jared, I think earlier, he actually did help the women who came to his room. Mm-hmm. He actually put through money through college. He like got them jobs. He did. He followed through. Oh, yeah, on at sh- that point, it's just a transaction. And I know women are super emotional. Right, so that they can't separate, you know, that uh, it like a business transaction. So it seems like a victimization to them. But in re- reality, it's actually a good deal. But he was. Uh, here's the thing. I, I will disagree with that. He actually he drugged the women and then he did weird shit to them. Yeah, it's probably he not, like, not yeah. a good deal. No, it's like a like, shitty deal. He didn't call Janice Dickinson, who was a supermodel at the time, to his room to have sex because he probably could have. He called her to his room. She thought she was going to have sex. She gets passed out. And then he comes on her toes. So there's like, it wasn't like your traditional, like, I'm a powerful guy. I could have sex with you. It was some weird, yeah, but, I mean, fetishy the, kind of listen, creepy shit. The context always matters. And I, I just, like, people like to, 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 to create these, these scenarios in their head that are just like, oh my God. And it, and the way it's described was so insane. And it's like, I don't know if you guys have ever been like up for a three day party where, you know, you haven't slept in three days and you're fucked up out of your mind and they're fucked up out of their mind and, I've been in that scenario so many times, especially out here in LA. That it's like, you know, anybody could say, "Well, yeah, yeah, this this weird sexual thing happened." And it's like, if you've never been there, like, it's very easy to make that seem like it's this insane thing. But when you've been there, it's like, oh yeah, so they were just fucked up, really fucked up, and oh, yeah. they were. It was like that's why people <laughs> in porn make such odd wardrobe choices, right? <laughs> Well, or just spend a week at Charlie Sheen's house. I mean, the shit that was going on there on a daily, on a nightly basis, yeah, was worse than anything Harvey Weinstein did in his offices. But those were all, yeah, those were all paid off people. They actually signed NDA. Charlie used to have the girls sign NDAs before they came to his house, 
and then all sorts of weird, all sorts of weird. But shit there's a natural progression when it comes yes. to partying that you know you start off sober and then by by the time you're inebriated, you've been inebriated for three days straight. Yeah, things take a weird turn, but it's not weird in that it's not weird in that setting. It's not weird when you're there and you're actually making those decisions or they're making decisions back. It's like it, it it's it's a very natural. Probably you're, you're being a bit presumptuous. I mean, Ashley Judd said she just went up to the dude's room. Uh, to take a meeting and you know next thing I mean she wasn't doing fucking acid and blow all night but she knew you but you even you know Matt she was knew that Harvey was going to be in some kind of fucking kimono up there <laughs> like ready I mean she was supposed to meet with him in the downstairs restaurant and then Harvey's assistant said no he's insisting you meet him up in his room I mean, yeah. that's, you know, you know something's going down, right? So then that could be a case where one party is super fucked up and the other party is not, which then does get very, very weird. And I've seen that happen. <laughs> I think it was just, but, I think it was just sex. I mean, that was in 97. I think, and she was a young 20 something actress. He was just going to like, I'm going to get I'm not, my, yeah. Look, I'm not, and I don't want to be presumptuous. I'm just saying that there is a second side to this that could, it's, it, it, it would explain a lot of this. When people are looking for inconsistent behaviors, yeah. often drugs and alcohol are the culprit. Now, when I hear stories about things that happened, especially with like Bill Cosby and stuff, yeah. I go, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine that like, you know, he was just date raping girls outright. Like, they were, it was probably partying. There was probably a lot going on. And then uh, nobody talked about this stuff until much, 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 much later. And then all of a sudden, everyone was like, oh, my God, yeah, he raped me. Like, like I, I have a well, hard that's a, time. But that's a bad, I mean, so that's a bad, if you're Ashley Judd, and actually she's come out of another shit, but in like 20 years ago, you got your start in the business by watching Harvey Weinstein uh, touch himself or take a shower. Yeah. You're not going to tell anybody, right? <laughs> I mean, you're not, I mean, that's, I'm serious now. Like, that's the pressure to not tell anyone, not just because you don't want to never work in this town again, but it's fucking embarrassing, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a humiliating story for a woman to say, like, I got my first break in the business by watching a fat guy, like, soap himself in the shower, right? That's not how you want to tell people. That's not what, you, what your Wikipedia page just says how you got your start in the or business. Or they might have done a lot more and maybe soaping themselves as the, them saying, oh, I just watched, is the easiest way to, to kind of get out of the the level of whatever they did. Yeah, but whatever she did, it makes her it demeans the fact that she may be a talented actress because it says she only got the job because she did that shit. And all of a sudden it delegitimizes her as an actress because it looks like she got her first gig by blowing Harvey or whatever I'm just like, she did. I'm like, I'm looking around and I'm like, where is the really beat ugly producer that i can fuck to get my my career going because i'm i'm down i will fuck every 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 not maybe not every but i will i will i will take so many so many punches to get to get to that place like i will i'll, I'll fuck a, a gilf i don't care i don't everybody, care if, I mean, if she's a will. great grandma i don't care if she's a gilf like i'm i'm on it to my point he's not necessarily i'm just not seeing the sort of rapiness involved he's in the shower He's fifty pounds overweight. Like, if you want to leave on a good day, he, he's yes. gonna, what's he going to chase you out and fall and crack his fucking head on the back? Well, no, it's not, I don't think it was accused him. Of, I mean, he's not been accused of a crime. There's no criminal investigation. It's just sort of a. But it seems ball. like we're conflating the two, like in the media, like, and this is well, gross. Yeah, yeah, point. This the, is gross behavior. But I'm, I'm just saying it's not like. Well, the word rape is used for everything now. I mean, everything is just rape, rape culture, rape, whatever. Yeah. So you know, we've had this discussion before. Like anything. From you know, awkwardly kissing a girl or making a dick joke in front of them is now considered rape because people know that word gets a lot of press, mm. and they know if they go on social media and say rape is going to get, they're going to get immediately a viral, a viral hit. Outrage culture. Yeah, you're not going to be. Yeah, it, it totally is. And, and also, by the way, I think it really hurts women who actually are sexually assaulted that they conflate the two things because mm-hmm. having a, having a producer ask you to watch them shower it's disgusting, but it's not rape. 
you know, unless he's forcing, unless he's forcing you to do he's it. He's eye raping you. Yeah, he is. <laughs> right. And by the way, Weinstein's not doing, I don't think he's doing drugs. I think he's eating like a pastrami sandwich and like just asking girls to. In the shower. <laughs> in the shower and, 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 tug it, and tugging one out. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty raw. <laughs> that is a dark image. It really is. I feel so bad. I mean, I feel like, I feel the same way about, here's how I feel sorry for women. Like I do for uh, when there's like hires, they do like quota hiring for minorities. And they always question like, did this person actually legitimately get this job or were they hired in by, you know, some, something they didn't deserve? And I feel like that's the case of women because every, when women are actresses, they always say like, who do they blow to get this job, right? Mm-hmm. And it's always like, oh, shut up, that's stupid. And now you find out they are actually are blowing. They have to blow guys. <laughs> I mean, there is, that's actually not just a cliche. That's actually happening. And it, but they sort of have to. I mean, they sort of have to. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, God forbid, even Lena Dunham said today in the Times, like, she always has to talk about how men are trying to hit on her as well. No, no, no man has ever yeah, done her. Not she talked about how, like, she and her partner, her writing partner, the female who looks kind of like her, always talked about how, like, all the men they had to, like, potentially f- pretend to sleep with or be sexy or be sexual around to get jobs. And it's, it's, a, it's a women's bonding thing, right, in Hollywood. But it is happening to half the women. And the other half is not happening to, but they, get, they have to join the party as well. Well, the funny thing is women have been dealing with that, that kind of sexual advance stuff for so long that, like, you know, it's, 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 in culture, it's so obviously, like, a thing that women deal with, right? Well, fast forward to 2017, and we've moved past that place so fully that I have encountered this, where women have been like, Oh my God! Come to my office. Like you're so hot. Da 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 da. Or like when people are, tra- are casting for reality stuff. Like I, and I've never dealt with anybody like sleazily being like, "Hey, do you want to sleep with me?" But like, these are my women or men. Women. I've, yeah. I've dealt with women like like being very sexually inappropriate to me. But you know, I just I'm like, fuck it. Like I I laugh it off. And it, you know, like I said, in, in I think when women I think when women get power, they tend to become very masculine in their predatory nature. Because I've seen it, you see it now with like all the women in Hollywood who are successful, Halle Berry on down. They all date guys in their twenties, like mm-hmm. half their age. They all have boy toys. The minute they become rich and famous, they're all like, "I'll have a baby with through the clinic or through a donor. I want a kid, but I don't want a husband." And then they just have sex with like twenty-five-year-old guys. Yeah, because that's what, and that's exactly what a guy would do. Yeah, and it's because they once they can, why not? Males and females are not all that different and and that's like one of the most important things that I've kind of said about dating and stuff um, when you really boil it down a lot of what we consider male and female is actually just the roles that we're playing right it's it's the cultural it's the it's the gender roles basically innate male and innate female what is biologically different you know there are some differences or some main differences obviously like the introduction of testosterone in men the lack of it in women but um, a lot you'll find that a lot of the stuff that women deal with and the reason that we consider women women is actually causal right it's actually a reaction to an environment and uh, same thing with men and they're socialized to react and, and be proactive in a certain way whereas women are socialized to be um, you know reactive and proactive but they're also in innately more picky than men because it's their job to like decide who makes the babies. Well, it's their it's, right. They're, I mean, it's their job to decide how the next generation is formed, and they, so instinctively they are particu- more particular than men are. Yes and no. I mean, men for men the, the big one is is she hot, right? And right. for women the big one is can he provide. So if you actually go back oh, yeah. to an animal braid sense, it's actually fairly equal. Yes, women are picky in 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 some ways. Women are women are very very good at evaluating details. Those details would would. Is this a male that is going to kill me? 
Is he going to, you know, can I trust this? That's what they can read into things. When they start having kids, it becomes very, very important to be able to read those kids' facial expressions. So they are picky and selective, but they also get a huge wave of oxytocin to where once they trust a guy, it's like it's on. She's, she is his. She's a, you know. Here's how I know being rich and famous for a guy works no matter what. O.J. Simpson just got out of jail. <laughs> he, he killed his, beat and killed his wife. And he got like offers from women like the minute he got out of, the he got out of jail. Like women are just not that. I mean, he is, he's rich, he's famous. And they're like, okay, you beat and killed your wife. I, I, can, overlook, I can overlook that. I think those women are. <laughs> That's like the one thing you think would be a deal killer. Like I just, I, I, Harvey Weinstein is not going to beat me. He's not going to kill me. O.J. actually beat and, beat and killed his, you know, his last significant other. Like yeah, I'll date. I'll give him. I'll give him another shot. That's when you're like throwing all caution out, you know, out the door, and you're just like, okay, he's like, well, famous what are rich the guy. odds he's gonna kill another lady? Uh, pretty high, actually. Yeah, it's a <laughs> definite possibility. I figure most murders are committed by people who mur- her murdered before. Jared, have you ever been to Slut Walk downtown before? No, it's a it's a Amber Rose. Uh, she's a I guess she's a model. I don't know how she classifies herself. And I think Matt Wright she used to say I dated Kanye West is on her Twitter. She's one of those famous people for famous people. She's a, a, a slut. Well, she is a self defined. She calls herself a slut, and she hosts a slut walk every year downtown in Los Angeles to, for women to take back the word slut. Where they had the empowering uh, pornographic actress Bonnie Rotten uh, give an inspiring speech about conquering obstacles. Um, and uh, you know, she um, there's something wrong with her, her vagina. Like she's actually <laughs> done like serious damage to her body. Is that uh, her, is that her obstacle to overcome? <laughs> I just didn't think it was maybe the best choice for uh, you know, uh, in, in a, <laughs> a speaker for the empowerment of women. Well, as someone to look up to as a young girl, I, I just don't think Bonnie Ross... I, I, would, I would say this is what you don't do. Well, there was a science, technology, engineering, math uh, for girls across the street that nobody went to. <laughs> so Slut Walk was, more, was better attended. But so Amber Rose, she's now... Again, it's, it's amazing how you can become a de facto feminist leader. Like, you can just call yourself that, right? It's just something you label yourself. Like, the minute you get enough trolls talking shit about you... You become an icon of some. I mean, it really is. It's like the minute you're, you, the minute you taunt guys enough to start writing shit about you, you well, then and, become a, a female. And you, you provoke. Female. And by the way, t- talk about trolling. You've it, you've done something to your ass to where it's not normal. It's not natural. It doesn't fit the shape of of the biological of the human being. Yes. Uh, so I'm pretty sure someone's going to notice that and maybe say something about it. Uh, that doesn't mean that you're being picked on. It's just well, she had know, a, it's she a had fucking a, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Scenario. It did work well. She had she was dating Kanye, and then she had a baby with Wiz Khalifa. So she's it's where the butt's working a little bit there somewhere. I mean, so that's that's the difference between like that's not being a slut, that's being a gold digger. Like right? there's a difference there. But when it comes down to it, like I've published a video on slut shaming, and I I think it's fucking retarded. Um, I was going to ask you for or against. It totally works against men and what we want. If you, if you as a guy want women to stop being, uh, you know, so so difficult and constantly requiring all of this work to get what you know to to have. If you want to just sleep with a girl, you literally have to go take her out. You have to spend all this money. You have to. There's so many. There's so much red tape when it comes to being a guy to, to get to to actually just enjoying that moment with a, with a woman. Um, we as men need to absolutely encourage women to be uh, to be free, and not just because it's it's a natural thing, and we we should do that. 
but because it's actually what we want innately. So what? What? Why? But, who, but what guy? What guys are actually slut shaped? I don't know any guys who are. Slut- I mean, I know guys who were like. You know, we we might go down to the slut walk and go, oh, she, you know, she's a, see a porn star with a, to- a wrecked the, vagina and make jokes second, about her. The second that men are confronted with it, they almost always default towards a, a place of slut shaming. Really? It's because they're insecure and they don't know how to deal with it. And uh, they go, yeah, Ugh. I think, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on young men, like teenage boys, do that for sure. But I don't know any like grown men who actually like shame women for I being. I kind of disagree. I've done a fair amount of slut shaming. Um, Have you? Yeah. See, I, I don't like. Uh, so, say some chick, you know, uh, uh, had some gangbang with like eight dudes the night before. I don't want to fuck her. Like, I'd rather just, you know, she not be as liberated in that way, and uh, you know, I have half as good a chance of fucking her. <laughs> but if just... you had had a, a a gay, you know, if you had fucked eight girls the night before, it would be it's it's widely considered like, haha, like that guy's a fucking pib. And yeah, then, but there's a reason for that because guys are supposed to, uh, you know, spread their seed around. It's just more natural for them to want to fuck everything. If a woman wants to fuck eight dudes in one night, there's something wrong with her. Yeah, but in I, my opinion, I think that that's that, again that's a sociological con- construct that we've invented. We slut shamed women. We we created a lot of these constructs in order to keep a civilization our civilization going. I don't think it's a construct. I think it's it's biology. I mean, they're they're supposed to be selective so that they they're not supposed to fuck every Tom, Dick, and Harry uh, who who approaches them because they're supposed to select the best uh, DNA, the best sperm for the best baby. It's it's simply not a natural process for them to want to fuck eight dudes in one night. Actually, there is science now backing that up. Uh, there is a, a video that came out so of it's ba- all science. There's nothing to. No, no, not no, it's backing up the the idea that women were actually probably sluttier. Um, and and here's here's it, it, women so, used to be sluttier. Yeah. So, oh, I got to build my time machine. So if you <laughs> if you mix two two party sperms, like yeah. if, if two guys come in the same woman, their their sperm will actually fight each other, and the stronger sperm, the stronger genetics will win. Yeah. It's it's actually, and when men actually ejaculate, they lose interest. So there was a study that came out that says that caveman society. In, in places where you know maybe the, the the number was unequal, we would probably look more like one woman and five guys, and they would kind of you know they would all take just, a turn was, with the girl. It was just rape, girl. though, right? It was just rape. Well, it wasn't a woman like you know like to say, tossing her hair back and trying to get more cavemen, right? It was just like to say that she was being raped. She was being taken care of. She was being fed. She might have right. been able to love all of those men. She might have been able to have a connection with all of them, right? So it's, it's we we you know we you think oh well they were just raping her. It's like. If you're a girl in that scenario and you take out all of the cultural badness of being a girl and having tons of dicks and all of this stuff, like she was in the, she was like, she won the lottery. She has, she has like five personal bodyguards. They're going to make sure that she's clean all she had or or to make sure that she's fed. And all she has to do is spend five minutes with each one. Cause back then, I mean, they weren't concerned with stamina, right? Nobody was over here like, yeah, yeah. You like my porn star thrust? Like nobody was doing that. It was like, okay, I'm in. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Right. And um, I guess I guess I, I, mean, I, I guess the makes... caveman got a little satisfaction out of. I bet cavemen got blowjobs and shit. Right? You think so? <laughs> you think they went down? You think cavemen went down on women? No, I don't think so either. Although this does give credence to Derek Rose, right? Because Derek Rose always brought three friends with him to have sex with his girlfriend. <laughs> so maybe he was like thinking, like just instinctively thinking, this is like going to make her feel more comfortable. Although she did sue him for that, so maybe not so much. But that, you know that makes sense. But here's the thing: so Amber Rose said. She, do, she used to be a stripper when she was a teenager. She was a stripper, which I don't begrudge her. That's how she paid the bills. She was from a poor background. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she says she doesn't like being called, the women are called former strippers, and that's degrading. And I was thinking, like, 
Yeah, but you're still kind of a stripper. Well, stripping is degrading. It is, but like no one like people don't call you by your teenage the shitty teenage job you had. Unless you're a stripper, right, or a porn star or something like that. Like, no one goes like, I sold women's shoes. No one goes like, oh, former women's shoe salesman. Like, no one does that because, obviously, there is some slut shaming involved in the stripping. Yeah, we all find a way to degrade. Any, anytime you, there's somebody who works in the adult in, industry, people degrade them. And the reason is, and I published this in my video on slut shaming, but the reason that women do it is because it devalues their pussy currency, right? Women... I like ha- the term pers- pussy currency. I'm using that right Women now. have a... a there's a value standard that you have to do all of this work in order to achieve this result. If you want to have sex with me, you have to do all this. When another woman is giving it away for free, it completely throws her, like, all of a sudden... Yes, it's like, it's like printing counterfeit money. You're flooding the market, right? You're yeah. devaluing the, the pussy currency. So now, I do agree with that. And, and, in, and in primitive societies, if, if I have basically made this man take care of me in exchange for my vagina... Right. If I have created a value system, and all the women are on board with this, they all know it. Right. They're all they're all making the men take care of them in exchange for physical intimacy. And some girl walks up and says, "Oh, I'll give you physical intimacy for free, and it could be better than than hers." Oh no, you're getting ostracized. You're getting thrown out of society because what what can happen is that woman can starve. Right. The man could be like, "Oh shit, I'm trading you in for a newer model," and then all of a sudden that woman. They do. So those women do starve, not not uh, literally, but figuratively. Those women are starving in society right now, right? I mean, they're having <laughs> trouble finding guys. Here's my theory on feminism: it's the best thing that ha- ever happened to guys. The actual sexual revolution, because mm-hmm. you guys aren't old enough to remember. But it used to be like in the old days, you couldn't have just casual sex with women. Yeah, like women were not. There was always like the stripper or whatever, the real girl. You know, the girl you had to go to the wrong side of the tracks to meet. But like in high school or college, they're just like girls didn't put out. Like, you have to date many, 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 many times to have sex with a woman. You have to show all the providing and the good boyfriend stuff and things like that. And then women in the 60s, 70s said, like, no, we want to control our own sexual destiny. And we want to have sex with 20 guys in college. We want to go to a party, get drunk, and have sex. It's a great thing. It's the best thing that ever happened to guys. because And now, look what happened. Guys aren't getting married anymore. So I always harken back. My buddy, uh, his great-grandfather I met years ago, he was, like, 90. And he'd been married 72 years. He got married when he was 18. And I always said, like, the minute they graduate high school, I said, why did you get married, like, the day you graduate high school? He's like, we couldn't get laid. Like, we could not have sex until we got married. She's like, what am I waiting for? Like, I'm going to go hang out for 10 years and not have sex? He's like, we got married the minute we could because she wanted to get laid, I wanted to get laid. And we had sex. Like, that's the only way we could have sex. And so it made sense to me. And now that you can have guys in their 20s and 30s can have lots of casual sexual relationships... They're like, why would I? I don't need to get married. Like you said about providing for the woman. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do that anymore. I can still get my rocks off with this hot girl here or next year another hot girl. And she's more than willing to do this. And she'll even live with me. She might even clean my socks. And I get sex. And I don't have to get married. Why do I want to get married? Yeah. It's been a bad, I think it's been a bad, I mean, sexually speaking, probably a good deal for women. They get a lot more whatever they get. Orgasms are fun, enjoyment. But in terms of like why men won't marry them, or why they won't take them seriously, or why they won't commit to them. It's because holding out on men used to work really well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and you, you nailed it. That, you fucking nailed it. That, that is, is so well said. Feminism used to be an awesome thing when it, for, for all, the, all of that stuff that you're talking about. But now we've reached a place where all these women are very unhappy, and they're going, Jared, where are all the good guys? Where are all the real men? What do we do? How do I get a boyfriend? Why don't, why don't, why does, I'm looking for something serious. Why don't guys take me seriously? And it's like, once you got the rights, you lost the leverage. Yes. 
So uh, you it's know, it's tough though, because if, if a woman holds out, then she's like has at risk. Like you said, there are plenty of women who don't. Yeah. Then they run a risk of just losing the guy because the guy's like, this is too much work. Well, and all women had to focus on before was do a little makeup. You know, there wasn't as much bad food out there, so they didn't really have to worry about weight gain or any of that stuff. Like, like all all a woman had to do realistically was be a fucking woman. Like she, all she had to do was exist and maybe cook a little bit and. All of a sudden, women are like, "Oh my God, we want freedom, we want rights, we want this." And then suddenly, now women are faced with the with the the, the problem of actually developing personalities and actually like having to to be likable or having to provide. I mean, having to do all the stuff men have to do, which is actually build a story around themselves to sell themselves. Exactly. So a lot of a lot of men are very very good at. at like what you said, building a story, and women are sitting over here going, "Oh my God, why doesn't he like me? Is it is it?" Like and and they're they're just oblivious. They have no fucking clue. They're like, well, how? Ca- why can't I get a guy? And it's like, have you, like, tried? At, like, like they have no idea how much work it takes as a man. We've been we've been working on it since we were ten. Yeah. And and they're over there like, well, I've been working on my makeup since I was ten, and it's like, well, it's not enough anymore. You no, makeup's stay. not enough. Sex. We anyone can get sex anywhere. You want to got to stay. Your physical attraction can't be the thing that's going to keep him in. It has to. You have to be compatible as a person. All of a sudden, for the first time, for the first time ever in human history, we actually have to deal with compatibility. Compatibility was not a thing before. If you were a a, a man of a certain genetic, you know, genetic makeup, you got to marry a person with a similar genetic makeup. That was it. That was it. And before that, you were just married off to whomever. Yeah. Right. Now we have to actually worry about: Does my personality fit with this person's personality? Uh, just do, do we get along? Do we like each other? Do we do we hang out? Matt, are you learning something here about how to treat a lady <laughs> or how to sell your how to sell yourself? It's, I, I, I don't know who these women are that can't uh, find a boy. I mean, maybe they, yeah, maybe they just aren't that interesting. Or I mean, I've never really heard of this type of woman before. Really, I've never heard a woman complain that she can't. I uh, hear it all. I'm married, but I hear it all the time from women. That they can't find a guy to take them seriously. Yeah, take it seriously. They can well, find a guy to get laid. They can get laid anytime they want, but they can't find a guy who would actually like date a them. good dude oh. who will date them and like want to take care of them. But then they have five or six guys that are waiting in the wings, and most girls will be like, "Be like, oh my god, no!" But he, there's this guy, but like, ew. And like, they always have the, the guys that, that are pursuing them. They kind of keep waiting in the wings, like yeah. third string quarterbacks. Yeah. And then they they always have that one guy. They're like, "I want him. I want him. I want. I want. I wonder if he likes me. Does he like me?" And they'll spend a, a woman will spend ten years hung up on one guy that does never even doesn't even know her name. That part I never understood. And then they'll never actually <laughs> talk to him or try and get with him. That part I never understood. The guys will hit on her like in the first five seconds mm-hmm. and then blow it off if it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. There's no pining. There's no ten years of pining. That's always in romance novels. They always show the guy when women, women write the stories. Mm-hmm. There's like a guy pining for a woman for like ten years, like <laughs> quietly pining for her. I'm like I've never known a guy to quiet. I know guys who are obsessed with women. I've never known a guy. To quietly like pine and softly flirt with a girl for ten years, I can the, I can see that. Like, without having put the moves on her, I, I know guys that have done that, and I, I've even like kind of been been like, oh man, I really like that girl. You forget about her for a while, but then you know she comes back in your life, and you're like, oh, well, you know. You're, really, doesn't the friend zone like sort of disappear the minute you have your second drink? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's like the girls I can see being friends with guys that quietly have a crush on him. No, the guys I mean, don't la- guys don't last long in that situation. It depends on how high value she is, and and, and if you really equate her as a high value female in your brain, you, you'll you'll be more careful. You'll, you'll take your time. You'll be more you know, if, if especially if she's out of your genetic range, like if she's higher, 
than your genetic range, really, then yeah, a lot of guys will will totally be in that passive aggressive friend friend zone, and they'll just stay there, wait there, and they'll, they'll keep trying to make their moves, and they'll keep getting blocked. But they'll stay there and pine for ten years, twenty years. <sighs> Fuck genetic ranges. It is true. I know. Actually, I know. I think about. I know a few guys that are like that. But they, but they usually have a girlfriend, but they wish they had the other. They wish they had some other girl. Mm. They wish they had a better girl. Yeah, and they build it up in there. I mean, you know, you've ever had a crush on a chick, and then you hook up with her, and you're like, eh, uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what I was building that up for. That has that has happened to me, and that's that's. A, could you imagine totally getting like? You're super pumped on this girl, and then you've dated her for like a year, and then you get married to her, and you're like, I love you, and then you find out, like, you guys have sex, and you're like, oh, that was not as good. That was that was terrible. Well, imagine you're uh, <laughs> a woman trying to get in the, in the film business. You finally get the job at the Weinstein Company. You get your first meeting with Harvey, and he just takes his putt out and starts beating on the table. You're like, oh, welcome to, welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> How disappointing is this? I thought I was an artist. This wasn't in the musicals. <laughs> no, really not. I, I want to talk about, I want to end with uh, uh, what has, I always have this statement called, what has my panties in a bunch? Um, Jared, you were a go-go dancer, so you might have actually had panties in a bunch at some point. Yeah. Uh, did you wear shiny underpants? Um, I, they were just like compression shorts. Okay. What was the impetus for that? Was it just a money thing? Yeah. Yeah, well, so I was a Muay Thai fighter before that, and you, you do a lot of kicking and punching and rotating your hips. So I went to a, a, a bar uh, I would go that's, like I just turned 21 I started going out to bars and I would dance and P- I was kind of like Jean-Claude Van Damme and like some of those old movies like just, just mm-hmm. way too much hips and people used to kind of like they would, they would laugh but they'd also be like dude you kind of dance like a stripper so we, we as, a, as a joke were like yeah blah 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 like we'll, let's just like I just told people I was and they started believing it and then um, I got jumped at a club and I had like a, a serious brain injury and I couldn't fucking I couldn't even think and uh I had to drop out of school and I was sick of being broke and I was like what can I do to make money and I was like why don't you just be a stripper and like if you don't know when you get a concussion you get super reckless and you do things that you like never ordinarily do so I, I just like I must have been drunk and I went on Craigslist and I found a bunch of ads for it and I was like I applied to them I went down there and you know I had to be drunk for most of it like it was it was very like getting up on stage in front of a bunch of people is you know when you're Oh, I, I, told you, I, I sold women's shoes. I had to get stoned every single day of my life. <laughs> There's certain jobs you can't do sober. They're just you, you can't possibly do it. Uh, scary, scarily enough, one of them is Uber driver. I think so. You just have to be kind of wasted. Uh, do, uh, you never never delved into prostitution. <laughs> no, never took up took the bait. No. I'm sure you were offered. No, no, that was your your fine line. You like would go there. Well, a lot of strippers, obviously. I mean, I don't, I only know female strippers. They do a lot of prostitution as well. You know, no. At least uh, my offer. No, are uh, you standing on the story, Matt? You ever prostituted yourself for uh, for cash or favors? No, I'm not sure what the market is though. No, you're you're whatever your the male version of pussy currency is. <laughs> yeah, you're you're selling you're selling low. Uh, what else? My panties in a bunch this week. You asked a Jam- a Jamil Hill. Is that how you pronounce her name? The uh, ESPN reporter. Are you familiar with her? Yeah. She's an African-American reporter for ESPN, which has just gone completely political the last few years. They've just gone die Everything is fucking political, but I'll tell, you, is. I'll tell you what. If you want to get good traction online, you got, you got anybody in your audience that's a content creator, I swear to God, I, I did not want to do politics, but I had a video do over half a million views because it just hit the right time, the right place, and it was the right story. And I do not want to do politics whatsoever, but... 
everything is political. Yeah, if you're not doing yeah. political stuff, you are not going to get traction. Like it's the, a da- it's a big da- it's a huge danger though. I think too because once you it's like sort of like crossing over from stripping to prostitution. Once you do it, you can't go back. I mean, once you once you go political. You're political. You can't like pull back because people will find that one or two things you posted, or you can delete them. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, if you, you know that going in, and you know that you're only, you know, if you're using a lot of that stuff to kind of generate marketing. Yeah. Once the political climate dies down, go back to those videos that you know. Or, yeah, but if you're like, yeah, but if you're like someone like Kimmel or Colbert or something like that, and you're just going anti-Trump, whatever, all the time. You're getting record ratings, but now you're also like, that's who you are now. You can't ever go back from that. So I always take both sides. Like, I'll never do pro-Trump or anti-Trump. I'll, I, uh, or I, I don't, I, I personally, I may, may or may not make a video on the president, but I don't really, I don't really like that. I think everyone else is doing that, and it's kind of, it's getting a little old to me. Um, but when it comes to whatever political issue, I always, I always weigh both sides and put that in. That way, nobody can ever accuse you of being for one side or the other. They I, will find. They will find a. Way, they'll find a way. Yeah, but then they, they look like idiots, right? It's like when they when they tried to burn Milo alive. They just made him into a celebrity, right? Because people would look at him and think, "Who is this guy that you guys hate so much?" And they'd go, "Holy shit, he's right. You guys are idiots." Yeah. And so if you if you create stuff that's he's awesome, actually a neo Nazi. Who you, Milo? <laughs> yeah. The gay, the gay Jewish guy with the He's blonde totally hair. refuted British, that. British. I don't know what he is. Or well, I wouldn't. Uh, but he embrace is <laughs> the term either. But that's what he is. But he is he is blatantly political, right? So I think if you if you're in entertainment and you go political, once you do, you're you've labeled yourself. It may work like for, like CNN gets huge ratings now during Trump, but that will go away at some point. They've also lost. So ESPN has lost 15 million she, subscribers. What did she say? Well, so last month she said she called Trump a white supremacist. Said everyone who voted for him was a white supremacist, and that she didn't get suspended, which everyone said was kind of bogus because she's a reporter on TV and you can't really say that shit. And so this past week she said Jerry Jones uh, said he was going to bench any Dallas Cowboys who didn't stand for the national anthem. Which sounds stupid, and I, whether you agree with it or not, he is the owner of the team, so he certainly has a right to say that. Um, and she said she called for a boycott of all the cowboy sponsors against them, which was a little bit rich since she works for ESPN, so the, which lives off the sp- lives <laughs> off the sponsors. There's definitely a really like there's definitely a, a good way and a bad way to do this, but like kind of what, what he said just now, he's like Milo's a neo Nazi, like convinced that he is a neo Nazi. Um, it's really really interesting because well, he espouses neo Nazi ideals. So absolutely not, not whatsoever. Um, if you've read his book, 100% if you hundred percent, he does. He is literally he has literally went on record and publicly condemned the KKK, Richard Spencer, okay. any of the all, all of the alt right. Like and and the reason that yeah, it's called being coy and tongue in cheek. I understand his act. I get it. The it's, idea it's not that especially he's, sophisticated. Do you think he's playing to that audience on that, or do you think he really is? Yes, he's winking at him. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of, I don't, I don't know that guy that well, but I think there's a lot of like, I'm not necessarily, I'm going to wink at people because I want to get as big an audience as possible. So it's like playing pretend in a way. I don't know if he believes that shit or not, but it's like, that's a huge swath of audience you don't want to lose. Right. Necessarily. But if you look, so there's a tech blogger that basically went from being, you know, whatever to all of a sudden he's a superstar overnight. And he sells out everywhere he goes. Oh, it definitely worked for his business. Yeah. Um, it, it's, and it's. You know, he, he, he wrote an expose on the alt-right. He, he went through and defined them, and he basically publicly condemned them. And the the mainstream basically took that and tried to roast him alive with that. They fucking hate him because he challenges their ideas, their beliefs, and their power structure. And that's 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 the reason that people hate Milo. It, don't get me wrong. Like, he, he is a bit of a – he's a bit of a dick. 
right? He says things that are probably fairly inappropriate. But I don't get why anybody holds him to a different standard than they do any other asshole, right? Like, there's something like, oh, Milo's wrong, because he also uses statistics and facts to back up his arguments, which people don't like. They're like, holy shit. Well, that's you- why I don't go on Twitter. I just, 80% right. of people are huge assholes. I'm not on Twitter either. I can't, and then when they, become big, when they become big enough, they're just like, just like, the, uh, like some of the women we're talking about who just all of a sudden become de facto feminist leaders, or Lena Dunham, let's say, who I didn't hear about three years ago. I didn't have no idea who she was. Mm. But she's put herself in the position of being like the asshole woman Cool, right if, shit. if you are if if you are of the popular opinion now, if you you're, you're an outspoken opponent or an outspoken proponent of what is already popular and believed to be true and believed to be correct, then yes. But yeah. but you limit you when you go when you do that when you're hardline you actually limit your potential audience. Yeah, definitely. Like, look, Hollywood has had the worst year it's ever had in the history of mankind. Like, no movie is doing good at the box office this year. Yeah, I, nothing. I, so Jamil Hill is like, she's got nothing to lose on ESPN. She's a, a black sports reporter. So she can say all this, like, taunt people with all this shit. Because literally ESPN can't fire her, I don't think. Uh, and not just because she's not just because she's African-American, but because they've taken a, a very progressive stance. And if they fire her for saying things that sort of the social media group agrees with, mm-hmm. they will lose. They've already lost, like, the pro-Trump or whatever you want to call them people. They already are leaving ESPN in flocks. Because they see ESPN as being a progressive out, uh, sports outlet now, so they're leaving. If they actually now fire, start firing the super outspoken activist progressives, they will lose. They will lose everything. So she said she actually called on them to like boycott Budweiser and Pepsi and everybody else. And ESPN's like, uh, we got to do something now because now she's touching the money. So they gave her a two week paid two week paid holiday, basically. Yeah, it's just they would have fired. I mean, they fired. I know they fired Kurt Schilling. These other guys for saying shit about. Transsexuals or whatever else. What speaking their political point of, point of view, they have lost all conservative white males essentially in the country. Well, c- cultural Marxism is taking over this country, right? You guys know that, right? It's a <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds right. Cultural Marxism <laughs> is the idea that it's basically uh, the idea of, of ultimate equality and multiculturalism, right? Okay. It's it's this idea that we need to pull this person back so we can put this person forward. Um, it, it's Basically, it's the same. I, I don't have time to explain the whole thing here, but it just know that it's responsible for more than I think it's over a hundred million deaths. Um, the eventual outcome of this is a completely totalitarian government in which everybody kind of thinks, feels, and does the same thing. That's my nightmare scenario. I don't want that. To, that's my. I mean, honestly, that's what I wake up at night thinking about. That and scares the, That scares us. The, the idea of. A pre- Expression so, of thought and free speech is the scares of living. But you shit look at me. it right now. There's a huge fight in this country over free speech. If you do or say things that are outside of the liberal narrative, you are immediately branded and you are you are shunned. And it doesn't even matter if you're a conservative or not. Like I'm a libertarian. I I don't I don't I don't do not connect with with cons- like religious conservatives at all. But if you if you literally say, hey, you know, I think that that might be a narrative that you're spinning. The liberals are because they know it's fake because yeah. they know it's bullshit. Yeah. So all of a sudden they're like, oh, "What did you just challenge?" And what happens when you get caught in a lie? You you get ferocious, you get outraged, and then you blame the other person. How can it be your fault? And it's like, dude, this is just simple psychology. Like if you look at the way that the, our political structure is actively acting, we have become so dependent on narratives and BS. And and we should do this. It's better this way. It's going to like we have created a complete and encompassing narrative, and and we're confusing that with hard hardline facts and well, statistics. I don't, mind, I don't mind Jamil Hill saying whatever the fuck she wants to say. She can say boycott whatever. That's up to ESPN. I just don't like the fact that like 
You're only allowed to say things if you if you're from a certain perspective. Yeah, so that's again it goes back to cultural Marxism and the idea of equality, right? So if you're if you're if it's intersectionality is what it, it's it's a it's a study, and basically what it does is it creates a victim scale. So if you're a black trans um, Muslim, yeah, I used to be. I used to be. I know you're how at that is. a ten on that scale. Yeah. If you're a white man, you're at a, a negative zero. Well, let's also take a look at what she said. So Trump ran a campaign, obviously based largely on race baiting and blaming uh, Mexicans, and there was countless you know, it's, it's not uh, instances race baiting. That's of racism. No, it's not. It's, it's uh, purely a skin color issue, and there were there were countless uh, instances of it. Going back to insinuating that Obama was not an American, which was blatantly racist um, because he's, he's black and we all know what he was doing there. Uh, he claimed that a Mexican judge uh, shouldn't be able to hear a case because he was biased because he was Mexican and on and on and on. And we all can see it. it it's not uh, it's not difficult to see. But he has a right to say that, right? Of course. Um, so I don't know. Compare so for her to sort of yeah, it was hyperbole, but to acknowledge that it doesn't seem as controversial as the actual race baiting to me. So I guess it, it depends on what you're saying. Well, but it's not. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I semi agree with you on your philosophy, but it, you work for a private company. If as an employee of the company, they have the right. To, like Google fired the guy because he said men and women are different. Literally, that's what he said. So Jamil Hill, she can say what she wants. No one stop. I don't think I, I like that she said. I don't think she should have got fired. I don't think anyone should get fired for stating their opinion. But well, I, I mean, if, if you if you work for my company and you tell like go on Twitter and say let's boycott all the sponsors of my company, <laughs> I'd fire your ass. There was a, a trans. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about this transsexual model. She got hired by L'Oreal. And the minute she got hired by L'Oreal, she came out against like L'Oreal and like as being an anti-trans, like a huge Twitter rant against her own mm-hmm. her company, and they fired her. And then she went on more. But like, if you work for, if you take a job from somebody and you work for a private company, they can say like you can't go on social media and talk shit about us. So you can't even say shit about absolutely the president. You can't even call the president a white supremacist. That's a right as an employer you have. Well, and it used to be. I mean, you used to not be able to say anything. Anything you were like, if you worked for a company or or corporate culture, you had to be you had to completely debase your identity. You couldn't talk about any of this stuff. The idea that, that it's even so lax now is kind of funny. But um, I, and, but I again, I don't believe that anybody. Sh- I think that it really promotes and fosters uh, critical thinking skills when people disagree. And I, I think that the opinions obviously shouldn't be boycotting the sponsors and stuff. But I mean, but it's it, so one of the, the one of the things and I want to get back to this because we mentioned this earlier that the, the left uses this tactic of of inappropriately associating people with things that they may or may not be associated with. If you do this, you're a Nazi, right? If you, and and a lot of people forget that that people didn't vote for Donald Trump because he was a racist, right? A lot they, of them did. They, they, they no, a few. Brian, a why few did you vote for Trump? People voted for Donald Trump because they're racist. Uh, a lot probably, of probably the majority. Of no, them. see, the, but this know. is an ignorant statement. So well, when no, you, it's not. I mean, it's also there's no way to measure that. No one's like uh, in the exit poll. Yeah, I'm you, a racist. We live in a we live in a echo chamber, right? We live in California, which is one of the few places that the industries did not die. Right when the Great Recession happened. For the last eight years, everyone here has been okay because we have the entertainment industry. 
which is basically recession proof. So all these actors, actresses, that's why they're getting all political and they're being like, it's not as bad as everyone thinks it is, right? They feel like they have this high horse to stand on. And everyone here feels like they have this high horse to stand on. If you go or talk to people from other places in this country, people are in poverty. People, their, their jobs, their livelihood was taken down. Now, I, I'm, I'm not saying that it is the, the cause of this, but it could be, and, and it, it's, it seems like it's a very, it's either a really awesome scapegoat or it is the real cause of this. But all of a sudden, the, what kept our economy alive were labor jobs. A lot of men did labor jobs. And when you've got a, a population of people that's coming over the border and undercutting everyone that isn't even supposed to be legally here, right? And they're, they're, they can work for cheaper. You, you just destroyed the economy. Like, that's, that's a really quick way to destroy an economy. So what you have, the reason that people voted for Donald Trump and the reason that they wanted that Do you know wall, how many um, people are here undocumented in this country? Well, if they're undocumented, we may, we, do we really know how, how many, many there are? It's a lot. But I, I, but I, I think know, they, I'm curious of the number. But I think they were brought in. Uh, I know the number. I think they were brought in by. I, I, the reason I don't like political parties is they were brought in by both parties. I mean, all all of the Republicans wanted cheap labor. All the Democrats wanted cheap votes. That's I mean, my so, point of view. So I definitely. It was, compl- it was a complete. There's, there's actually is, very few important people in this country who are against illegal immigration. It's it's a look. It's a it's a. It, that's one part of the issue. The other part is that we were outsourcing. There's a whole bunch of this, yeah. but basically, people think that people people are like, oh, they voted for Donald Trump because he's a racist. And that's not true. A lot of people voted for Donald Trump. I didn't vote for him. But a lot of people voted for Donald Trump because they wanted economic change. And to say that these people who have been hurting, who, have, who their, their livelihoods have been destroyed, are racist because they voted for somebody that they want to put money in their pockets is fucked up. It is a really fucked up thing, and nobody's looking out for these people. They're all sitting here in this intellectual thing. Well, bubble Donald Trump's not going, looking out for him either. Fuck, fuck Donald so, Trump. I, don't know. I but think they, it's a it, fairly simple. He's reduced the, the, the deficit by $100 billion in seven months, more than any other president in the history. And look, I, I, look when, when Donald Trump came up, I didn't even think he was a candidate. He was a non option for me. So for me to be kind of defending this is I'm just sick of people like I thought he was hosting throwing out shitty facts and calling everyone that supports him a Nazi because they're not right like and and like I wouldn't call everyone that supported Hillary Clinton a criminal like they didn't vote for her because they're they're shitty people they voted for her because she she has a belief system that they that they gravitate towards and it's the same yes. thing for Donald Trump yes they they have a, a racist belief system. But but I, I think well maybe I don't know I don't know anyone actually vote well actually I know a couple Trump voters but I don't know if it's if that's if that's implied I don't know if it's any different than Bush or any other guys they voted for in the past and that's the thing that bothers me is that people you guys don't remember but when Bush was elected or whatever Reagan was elected I remember when Reagan was elected there was the same kind of there was the same kind of sentiment going around there was like he was a white that he was a supremacist racist conservative whatever I don't know if he was or not I was too young to remember. But I remember the exact same rhetoric back then, so I figure we'll oh, I figure we'll survive it. Uh, I want to end the show on that happy note. <laughs> no Trump, nobody. No, actually, by the way, I don't know anyone in California voted for Trump because I think this was the worst state. Hawaii and California are the, his two worst states in the in the last election. So it's fair enough, at least. If you live like in Montana and you say you don't vote for Trump, you're in the you got to you know declare yourself somehow some extra evidence. But in California, I think you got like twenty eight percent of the vote or something. More than that was it in California? Really? Wait, what Trump? Yeah, the oh, popular no, vote. I thought you were talking about Hillary. Hillary, no, no, Hillary yeah, Trump, s- yeah, wiped she, the floor with them. Yeah, there. and Hawaii, I think, was the only one that was actually more of one, which we didn't like either. Uh, Jared, you got something we like. To, this is called the Pimp and Promote segment of the show. You got something you want to sell about yourself? You can find your me, private dancing. You can find me on uh, on Facebook at J-E-R-O-D-W-Z. 
J-E-R-O-D-W-Z. Just, just type in J-E-R-O-D-Z anywhere on, on Google or Facebook, and you will find my stuff. And what's the, uh, what's the next big thing you got coming out? Uh, I'm, I'm just creating videos. Uh, we're doing, like right now, that's like my focus in life. Like my coaching career is, is great. Uh, there are other things that I'm doing with that. But for right now, like I just really love doing videos. I love making these things. I love commenting on, on, on these really, really kind of hardline issues. And it's a lot of fun. I think it's, it's you know, and so probably, I mean, in the future, stand-up comedy, uh, there's, there's a lot of comedic acting stuff that's going to happen. But it's, it's kind of hard to be sort of anti-establishment and, and middle of the road on, in terms of issues because Hollywood is so ultra, ultra, ultra liberal. And if you, like, I've had so many people just be like, oh, my God, did you just challenge our, our, our narrative? And, and they kind of shut you down. But I have hope for the future. And, and you're seeing right now that so many people are, are, are doing very, very well because they're willing to stand up to that. So uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to keep making videos on issues that I think need to be talked about. And uh, we'll just go from there. Awesome. I got to say, since you uh, sat down and mentioned your life story and how the guy shot himself in front of you, mm-hmm. I've been looking at Brian and Matt just thinking, like, wondering if we're going to have, have, have a moment here to really like a viral a viral moment. Brian, Matt, anybody? No? No? I, no Now's the time if you're thinking about it. No? You good? You good? All right. Uh, Brian, is something you want to sell yourself on? Oh, man. Fucking whore. I'll I'll plug in the for the suicide hotline or something. But no, I'm uh, playing drums with my new Primus tribute band on Friday the 13th over in Pomona. Uh, we're called Rapscallion. It's one of the words Les Claypool like to say or something. You're my favorite. You're my number one Primus tribute band. (laughs) You are. I love it. It's an Where are you playing at? Uh, pizza wings and beer, I believe it's called in Pomona. Uh, three of my favorite things. Yeah, one of those. Matt, places. what about you? We're opening for a System of a Down tribute, and there's a um, some other unforgettable band there too. Will it be, uh, Ma- ahead, Will it be meth? Can I get meth there? Uh, I'm not allowed to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> pizza wings and meth. Those are my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Matt Ralston dot net. Uh, actually, broke down some of Trump's. Um, Veritable, inarguable instances of blatant racism on there. If you want to check it out, I totally want to read that. As long uh, as I don't get pop-up ads, I'll read anything. Twitter, Facebook, yeah, should have some live dates coming up. Awesome. Uh, this is the last minute. Oh, thank you to Rocco's the Studio City. You're the best. See that live audience here. We got a huge live audience here. That's why we do it live. Uh, you can catch me on uh, the Blaze Radio on Friday mornings. Uh, if you wish, if you'd like to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. This is Last Minute Earth Podcast. Talk to you next week.